0: morning, Progressive Church of God in Christ. We honor the Lord. We thank God for each of you, the Lord's people. We thank God uh, for another youth day that the Lord has blessed us with. We give honor and deference uh, to the Lord for this day. We thank God for our pastor, Superintendent Benny L. Tolliver, and certainly our first lady, Missionary Jean Tolliver, and to all of the youth staff. I'm certainly grateful uh, for you all, and I really appreciate all that you have done to support the ministry in 2021 and all that you continue to do. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you boldly. And we ask Father God for your help this morning. We ask God that you would word our mouth, that you would give us the words to say. And Father God, that those words uh, would be edifying to those who listen. And most of all, Father God, that they would bring you glory. We pray, Father God, that you would speak through us, Father God, that you would do the talking, you would do the speaking on this morning, Father God, and we'll be careful to give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're going uh, directly to the word of the Lord. Uh, The word of the Lord uh, is in 1 Samuel this morning, the 16th chapter. And I'm going to be skipping around a little. Uh, We're going to look at verses 7 and verses 11. Again, that is 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, the 7th uh, and the 11th verse. The 7th verse reads this. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Verse 11, And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. For we will not sit down till he come hither. I like to use uh, for a subject this morning. We won't sit down. We won't sit down. I'd like to take a moment for, uh, to encourage you or to invite you into a little reflection. Can you uh, think about uh, a time in your life when you experienced rejection? Let me give you a moment to think about a time in your life when you experienced rejection? What did it feel like? Who were the persons involved in the process of rejection? Did you uh, get turned down by uh, a potential significant other? Were you um, one who didn't make the debate team? Or did you miss out on the basketball team or the football team or the cheerleading squad? Did you? Uh, not qualified to lead a song in the Sunshine Band? What were the uh, experiences that you had that helped you to learn uh, what it felt like to experience Rejection. I want you to think about uh, the the weight, the heaviness, if you will, uh, of rejection this morning and how um, it impacts um, who we are and also who uh, we become. What is rejection? What is rejection? Well, uh, I looked at the dictionary and learned that rejection is the dismissing or the refusing of a person, a proposal, or an idea. Uh, It is considered, rejection is considered pain or or what is called social pain. I wanna read that just one more time. What is rejection? It is the dismissing or the refusing of a person, a proposal or an idea. Uh, I want to offer also this morning that there are some psychological or scientific observations that have been made or have been proven uh, about rejection. Uh, In psychology today, a a professor by the name of Guy Winch, he found um, the following things to be true, that the brain uh, interprets rejection in the same way that it interprets physical pain. I said that the brain interprets rejection in the same way that it interprets physical pain. Not only that, but we find uh, that studies have found that you can actually take a Tylenol to relieve yourself of the feeling that comes along with rejection. Uh, uh, Emotional uh, pain um, is looked upon as the same thing as physical pain that can be soothed um, as scientists have found with Tylenol. We also know Uh, that you can relive or re-experience social pain more vividly than you can relive physical pain. Sure, you remember uh, physical pain, you remember that scratch or that fall, but scientists have been able to prove that you can relive or uh, re-experience social pain or rejection, for the sake of our uh, discussion this morning, more vividly than physical pain. Rejection uh, tends to hurt um, for long times. We've also found that um, rejection tends to uh, destabilize our need to belong. Rejection tends to stable, uh, destabilize rather, our need to belong. Uh, we've also found that Praise the Lord that certain kinds of rejection have been proven to be detrimental or have a negative impact on our self esteem. As you can imagine, uh, rejection from a significant other, rejection uh, from a job that you felt that you were qualified for, the opportunity uh, to promote uh, in your office. You think about uh, the impacts of rejection um, in your own life and I'm sure you can imagine uh, the impacts of rejection uh, in the life of a child. One of the things that I found, that I found to be uh, rather stunning, um, is that recalling uh, a recent rejection can also temporarily lower your IQ. So if you um, took a test and uh, you did not pass that test or you were not successful with that test and you immediately take it over, uh, the the science says that recalling that recent rejection uh, might have an impact on your ability to uh, retake the very same test um, in a short window of time. Rejection, how does it show up? how does rejection uh, show up, particularly uh, in the life of children or in the, inter, uh, uh, in, in, in the interpersonal uh, relationships between adults and children, whether it be adults and teachers or parents and children, how does uh, rejection show up? Rejection shows up as favoritism between uh, children um, in the household based on their academic or intellectual Capacity. Perhaps one child is favored over the other because they um, are better at school or they take uh, more time with their academics. It can show up uh, the same way uh, when there is favoritism between uh, children based on their physical abilities. So dad was a football player and so he has the expectation that his son will follow thereafter. And then uh, he, maybe he has two children. One is more athletically savvy Than the other. That can breed rejection. Rejection can show up uh, in the life of children and adults as the lack of affirmation for uh, interests, for gifts, and for. We can uh, experience rejection as um, both adults and as children when um, our strengths, our resiliency, our capacity, our intellect, what is deemed to be common sense, when those things are downplayed and then that downplaying then results in a loss of opportunity. So uh, 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 rejection is is strong um, and can have um, some long-term effects. What other ways can we experience uh, rejection. We can experience rejection when um, individuals who um, have influence in our life um, use um, in an insensitive way truth-telling as a mode of discouragement. Well, what are some examples of that? An example might be um, a young child who is excited about the potential to play uh, in the NFL or in the NBA. And they're they're enthusiastically sharing um, that that is a part of their goal, and then somebody says, well, you know, only 1% of all young athletes make it to the NFL or the NBA. Rejection uh, can show up um, when we uh, often um, can uh, use, um, if you will, scriptures at the, r- the wrong time to discourage people from reaching their dreams or thinking about the future in a hopeful way. How else does rejection show up. It can show up uh, when we uh, discourage professional competitiveness. Maybe um, our spouse uh, says to us uh, that they are considering applying for a job and we say well do you think you have all of the qualifications? Well who else works there? Have you uh, considered that um, they might be looking for uh, someone more qualified? It can also be that uh, when we are uh, in the in the process of contemplating the possibility uh, of, of, of a promotion um, and someone with influence in our life uh, says to us, um, maybe you are the wrong skin color. You should not apply uh, for that position because they're looking for someone um, whose skin color is different. Perhaps that could show up as a form of Rejection. So uh, this morning, what can we uh, deduce from what um, the scientists have said? Uh, we can deduce that re- uh, rejection um, impedes upon our God-given possibility and potential because it impacts what we do, it impacts what we say, and it impacts what we think. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7a, as a man thinketh, so is he. That means that uh, saints of God, we become the product of our thoughts. Perhaps you can see um, why it is important for us to consider um, how we uh, impact or cause children to think about their ability. Proverbs 18, uh, 21a says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We, um, at, at, at some point in our lives, have become our own confession. What? What are we confessing over our own life? What are we confessing over our own potential? What are we confessing over our capability to do something? If we do not believe that we have the capability of doing something, we will inevitably not be able to do it. We speak um, and our confession can handicap us. So if that is true uh, for us, sometimes we um, can handicap children or their capacity or their potential because we view their capacity or their potential through the lens of our own success or the lack of success. Well, uh, I wasn't able to accomplish that, so it's unlikely that you will be able to accomplish that. Well, uh, your daddy wasn't nothing, so it's unlikely that you will be something or your your mother wasn't this so it's unlikely that you'll be something we use and we bring uh, to situations um, very hurtful language that can sometimes dictate how children and young adults and we ourselves see Ourselves. So, uh, in other words, rejection can be lethal. The rejection, again, impedes upon our God given promise and potential because uh, it makes us think and feel and speak in ways that dishonor who it is that we are. Well, you might be asking yourself, what does that have to do with the text this morning? The text this morning is a very popular story and I must uh, admit to you this morning that I struggled with what uh, to speak about because uh, certainly as the youth pastor, as um, someone um, with the responsibility of of preaching and teaching on youth day, my goal is to uh, encourage um, a a multi-generational church uh, to think about concepts or things for which the Lord um, is speaking to us. Not only that, it is the first youth day of the year, and generally, um, those of us who lead departments, we take the moment to um, share um, the theme of the year, as Missionary McKnight so eloquently did on last week. I struggled with what to talk about this morning because I wanted to make sure that what I said aligned with um, something that might speak to the young people, but also uh, might encourage those of us who were not so young, and the Lord began to uh, show me this story that I read and I read and I read, and I was unable to um, put a grasp on what exactly the Lord uh, wanted me to say, but uh, over time the Lord Began uh, to speak and to encourage me. This story is very interesting, and I'm going to um, provide for you uh, the necessary landscape so that you can understand how exactly uh, we get to the point um, for which we are at. The children of Israel, for which you might be familiar with, they are God's chosen people. They had been living in what um, we consider in common days to be a theocracy. A theocracy is a A um, a political system, if you will, that is governed by God. God makes the decisions and he speaks through whomever he chooses to to, to implicate or to uh, implement those decisions for which are made. And so the children of Israel, they are responsible to God and God anoints judges in this particular time who would lead the people and instruct the people based on what thus said the Lord. Well, the children of Israel had been uh, in in so many battles with other nations and other armies, and they made an observation. They made an observation. They observed that uh, the victorious uh, warriors and and armies were tended to be uh, the armies and, and, and the warriors and the groups who had a king. So they went to the Lord and they said, Lord, uh, we, we we want a king just like everybody else. We, we, we see that the the, the the physical manifestation of a king will result in victory for us when we go into battle. We want a leader who is strong and who can stand on the mountaintop and declare victory. We want a warrior who can lead us in, in military battle with sobiness and with experience we want a king. So the Lord said, fine, I'll give you a king. And he gives them a king by the name of Saul. He gives them a king by the name of Saul. The Bible says that over time, uh, uh, Saul eventually would get on God's nerves. I don't know any better way to say it, but Saul got on God's nerves. And so God begins to speak uh, to Samuel, the judge, the person for which he called, the person that anointed Saul as king um, through the admonition of the Lord. God says, uh, to Samuel, Samuel, how long are you going to be fooling with, 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 with Saul the king? I'm, I'm ready to quit. I am done dealing with Saul the king. I'm ready to get another king. So he tells uh, Samuel. He says, Samuel, I want you to uh, go down to a man named Jesse's house in Bethlehem. He's a Bethlehemite. I want you to go down to his house and he has a group of sons. And what I want you to do is I want you to select among his sons a king. I want you uh, to go down and select amongst his sons a king. So the Bible says that even with a little uh, apprehension that, 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 Samuel goes down uh, to uh, um to, 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 to Jesse's house and um, Jesse is aware of the fact that Samuel is coming to his house uh, to select a king and so um, in Samuel's mind he um, knows what a king should look like. He's seen kings they're strong and they're big he knows uh, the makeup if you will of Saul and then he is encountering with Jesse who also knows what a king looks like they, they, they've seen kings in battle and so they have a picture or a view of what a king should be. So the Bible says that, 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 that uh, God sends uh, Samuel to the house um, or, or where uh, uh, Jesse is, and he says, Jesse, I've come to anoint one of your sons to be the next king. He'll be uh, the successor that God chooses to serve in this role after Saul. So naturally, uh, uh, Jesse does what most of us would do. Jesse does what most of us would do. He looks among his sons and he says, I'm going to get uh, the sons who um, best represent um, what a king should look like. I'm going to pick among my sons those the, the, the ones with the most experience, the ones with the biggest muscles. I'm going to get um, those who have been battle tested. I'm going to get the ones with the most experience and I'm going to line them up and so the Bible says that he lines up his sons And he brings the first that he thinks uh, in his eyes, Jesse's eyes, is most qualified. Now what God tells Samuel is he does not tell Samuel to go down uh, and look at the person that he thinks um, physically represents who the king should be. He says, you go down there and you will be presented with Jesse's sons and I, God, will speak to you and tell you what I want you to do. Jesse uh, is presented his sons, and Samuel, uh, through the admonition of God, is selecting by God's selection who should be king. And so Jesse brings son one, and Jesse brings son two, and Jesse brings son three, and God says, no, I haven't, I haven't chose any of these. And then I feel like God uh, picks up on uh, the fact that both Samuel uh, and, and Jesse, definitely Jesse, potentially uh, Samuel, um, are uh, in the process of making a decision with the wrong criteria. The criteria that they have embedded in their mind does not uh, align with the criteria for which God has decided um, to choose a king. It, 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 this is a very uh, important point because sometimes when we think about who will choose uh, for the position or who will choose to lead the song or who will choose uh, to teach the Sunday school lesson or or who will choose to say the, 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 the Christmas speech, or who will choose to, to, to be on the team, or who will, sometimes we, we mistake our criteria with God's criteria. And so God um, interrupts uh, the process uh, for Jesse and Samuel and says, let me just undo how you were thinking. God says uh, 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 to Samuel, he says, um, uh, you look not on his countenance. Don't, don't be uh, overwhelmed with What you see, or on his height or stature, don't be a comparing um, warrior to warrior, because I haven't decided that that is my criteria. I refuse them. For the Lord, I do not see in the same way that man sees. Let me just take a commercial break to say thanks be unto God that He seen us even when somebody else couldn't see us. He chose us when somebody else said we were unqualified. He chose us when someone else said that. we were not worthy. They don't come from the, the, the right neighborhood. They don't come from the right family, but still God chose us because his criteria as he is communicating to Samuel is not the, the, the criteria that the world has God. I want to take time to thank you that you don't think like man does, that you don't select like man does, that you don't make decisions in the same way that man does. So you told Samuel, you said, Samuel, I want you to open your eyes not to how you would see it, but I want you to open your heart to receive that when I look at a man to choose him to be uh, the person that will lead, I'm not looking for experience like the way that you're looking for. I'm looking at something else. And he says, I look at the heart so the Bible says that, 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 that he gives uh, 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 Samuel a little pep talk in the middle of the game a little halftime uh, chat to say I want to just recenter to you so that you don't get lost in the same way that Jesse is and so the Bible says that uh, Jesse has uh, 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 some sons and he presents all of the sons and, and now let me just uh, back up a little bit to tell you uh, how specifically um, we get to our text. Uh, When God tells, uh, uh, let me just slow down to make sure that that, that this is clear. When God uh, speaks to Samuel and tells Samuel, I want you to go down to Jesse's house and pick a king, the first thing that, that 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 Samuel says is, "Wait a minute! If I go down there to pick a king, that king Saul, that treacherous king Saul, he's gonna kill me. You want me to go down in front of this man who's already the king and pick another king? I don't want to do that." So God, 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 God helps Samuel out. He says, "Here's what you do. You're the priest. Um, what I want you to do is, I want you to go down there. When you go down there, just go down there and say that you've." come uh, to give a sacrifice. In fact, when he goes down there and the people see him coming, they're, they're worried. Oh, Lord, <laughs> you know, we know we got a king. But when we see Samuel show up, the word of the Lord stands up. When we see Samuel show up, we know that, the, the, that God has something to say to us. And so the Bible says uh, that, that Samuel, he arrives there for to make a sacrifice. He's using the sacrifice as means uh, to gather those that he needs to to gather. Well, um, after every peace offering, at the, at the close of, of every sacrifice, the priest has the discretion of, of hosting a feast. And he, the priest, can invite whomever he wants to invite. And so he is using this opportunity uh, to lay a spread or a table of food um, in, in the company of all of Jesse and his sons to sit down and eat. The unfortunate part is that God told Told Samuel to go down to Jesse's house and to anoint a king. But all of the sons that Jesse brings before Samuel, every time that he brings before, God said, nope, nope, nope. I didn't pick him. I didn't call him. That's not the one. That's not the one. That's not the one. I haven't chose any of them. So you can probably imagine, you can probably imagine that Samuel is wondering why Would God send me all the way down here, put me in this dangerous position where I am selecting a new king when there's already a king, if there was no king here to anoint? Why would he tell me to put oil in my horn? Why would he tell me to go down and go through the practice of making a sacrifice if there's no king here to anoint. So Samuel, he, he looks around, and he's thinking to himself, there must be somebody else. Everybody that's supposed to be here can't be here. He's looking around. He says, okay, God, and I said, that one? You said that wasn't it. You said he wasn't it. You said he wasn't it. And, 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 and since I've already made the sacrifice, ideally, it's just time to sit down at the feast and get this over with. But, Jesse, are you sure that every son that you have is here? Is everybody that... It's supposed to be here I'm, i don't think God would have sent me down to your house to anoint one of your sons to be king if he, if you ain't got no son that can be king if, are all your sons here so jesse he he knows this is inevitable he says, well, I got one son he's he, he's, he, he his name is david he's a pretty boy, he's, you know, he's, he's flamboyant. Like, you know, he's, you know, easy on the eyes, but he don't, he don't have no, Warrior experience. I mean, I don't, I don't see a king in him. He, you know, he can, you know, like, you know, he, he's good at managing the sheep. But, you know, like he can, the, the, he can herd the sheep. He, he, he's effective in feeding them, and 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 I never had any problems out of him there. But I didn't think to really invite him because uh, 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 you said you were looking to anoint a king. I, I, I gathered all of these guys because they, they look like kings. They, they, they talk like kings. They, they they're warriors. They're strong. They got good GPAs. They, they, you know, they're they're they they're, they're top of their class. They're they they they're captains on the football team. That's why I I, I invited them. They, they they lead a song in the sunshine choir. I, I I didn't I didn't invite David because he 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 he's not the top student. He's not he's not the person uh, uh, for which someone would normally select. So I didn't I, I didn't think. Uh, so 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 Samuel says, well well we'll go get him because because we're not, gonna mm-hmm. we're not going to sit down we're not going to we're not going to end the process we we're, 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 we're not going to stop uh, uh, the possibility of anointing a king until we are sure that that, that that everybody has been reviewed and if you say you got another son go get him if you say you got another son go 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 get them everybody has An opportunity all all seven um, plus of of, of jesse's uh, sons have an opportunity they've come they've been reviewed they've been looked over they have been uh, interviewed if you will. everybody has had an opportunity and 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 the only uh, thing that 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 the, the thing uh, that separates David from his brothers uh, the thing that uh, gets him the way uh, of David uh, walking in his foot, potential, the thing that, 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 that stands uh, in between David and the promise that God has over his life, that one thing is that David had not been given a chance. You don't hear me. The, the, the thing that stood in the way of, of, of David walking in the full calling of God was simply the opportunity, the chance to present himself to Samuel, and 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 and, and, and I want us to put ourselves in, as as adults, as as influencers, as parents, as as grandparents, as those um, who love children, as youth workers, as 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 as, as, as people who um, encounter children at the church, Sunday school teachers, all of us have uh, an obligation to 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 consider that we are Samuel we are Samuel. We are the ones that God has called to offer the Davids of our generation a chance to be who God called them to be. We are the ones. We are the ones that God um, says, before you sit down, before you concede, before you give up, before you make the selection, before you decide that it's over, we, there's somebody else to look at. And so, so David, uh, he, the only thing that he needs uh, to be the David that we know him to be now is a chance. God, um, um, so, ha- it's so um, it, it, it is so that God gives uh, uh, David a chance. Now, you know the story of David, how he um, with just a few uh, smooth stones um, knocked out Goliath. You know um, all the battles that he um, would win um, even against Saul. You know how successful he was at leading the people. In fact, the Bible goes on to say that David himself was a man after God's own heart. But can you imagine what would have happened if Samuel, on the day that God sent him down to anoint a king, he would have just sat down and not asked Jesse, do you have another son? Do you have Another son that was Samuel saying there's there's somebody with potential they might not be uh, the strongest, but they have potential they might not be the smartest but they have potential they might not be the best speaker but they have potential they might not be at the top of their class, but they have potential they might not speak the way that other kids speak they might not be from the community or the neighborhood, but they have potential and it is our uh, 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 openness. It is our uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the acknowledgement of promise and, and potential um, that provides a chance for those who would not have otherwise had a chance to walk in their full calling and potential. And so because Samuel is obedient to God, because Samuel says yes to God, because Samuel doesn't take no for an answer, because Samuel looks around and he says, God, I want to do what you have called me to do. Listen, if you're a youth worker, remember that youth work is not just about your grandkids or the kids that look a certain way or the kids that are related to the deacon or the missionary. Your your your, your role, your responsibility is to look across the spectrum of our church, to look across the spectrum of our community and say, that child has promise. That child has potential. And God, you've called me to illuminate that potential, that Promise. Listen, let me just give you a few reminders, and I'm closing. There, there, the, the, the word has already uh, been spoken over the life of your children. God already knew that He ordained David to be king. And God said, God said, this is what the Lord said: He said, tell them the progressive church of God in Christ. And everyone who will listen to this message tell them that the behavior of that child does not dictate what the word of the Lord said about them. He said, tell them that their choices, their age, whether their parents are absent or there, whether their grades are good or bad, does not dictate what I have said about that child. It doesn't dictate. I don't care where they are. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care if they talk back. I don't care what it is. I have called them. I have anointed them. I have picked them. And then I have placed you in their life, to be able to present opportunities and chances for them to walk in the calling for which I have given you. That's why Proverbs 2 and 6 says train up a child in the way that he should go. That's not a scripture to uh, make people feel bad or, or, or to, to use as a, as, as, a, as a tool to whoop people when their children are bad, but it's a reminder to be diligent in training them because when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Be encouraged to know, even if your children are six or 60, that if you put it in them, it's still there. God said, remind them about Joel 2 28 That it's gonna to come to pass that I, God, will pour out my spirit upon flesh, and your sons and your daughters, they're gonna prophesy. The Bible doesn't lie. It says that the old men are gonna dream dreams, and the young men are gonna see are, are gonna see visions. These, the, the, the manifestation of God's promise. Like we are the door, we are the ones who offer that opportunity for our children. God said, remind them of what Jeremiah wants and 5 says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. Remind them that they are powerful. Remind them that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Remind them that they can do all things through Christ. Remind them that no matter where they have been, no matter what decision that they have made, that they can be reconciled. Listen, when the scripture says that He gives us all the ministry of reconciliation. He was not just talking about adults. He was talking about our infinite ability to reconcile every person who has strayed away from God's purpose and to give them another chance, to bring them in to say, We won't sit down until you have reached and you have had the opportunity and the chance to walk in your full potential. I know that I'm not just talking to parents. And there might be someone who says, well, this message is really not about me. My kids are grown. I've been a good parent. I've done everything that I can. I don't work with the youth department. You might be saying, I don't know how this relates to me. But I don't know what David's experience was like the day that he likely knew that his father was gathering all of his brothers to be presented as king. But I believe that if we had David here with us this morning, and we asked him to speak to the experience that he had that day, I believe one of the things that he would tell us is, I don't care how it looks. I don't care what they said about you. This is to adults, this is to children, this is whomever is willing to open their heart and listen. I believe David would say, the party will not start until you get there. The party will not start until you get there. I don't care how insignificant you feel, I don't care if you've been rejected, I don't care if they gave somebody else the job last time, I don't care if somebody else has the better grades, the party won't start until you get there. And the thing I love about David, let me just encourage the adults and the children, even if you have experienced rejection, what I love about David is that they found him working he could have probably been uh, uh, discouraged because he wasn't invited. And he could have decided, because uh, they didn't invite me, I'm actually going to host a pity party. I'm going to stay in my room. I'm going to close the door. I'm not going to talk to anybody. He could have decided that. The detriment to deciding that is when they sinned to get David, They send him according to the testimony of his father who says he is caring for the sheep. What is God saying? Be faithful. Don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you're going to reap if you faint not. Let me encourage you, saints of God. Whether you have influence with children or not, whether you work in the youth department or not, you are called to see and to invest in the potential and the promise of children. Sometimes that's going to simply be a smile. Sometimes that's going to be an envelope where you put something in there special to encourage them. Sometimes that's going to be encouraging them even after they've sang and it don't sound the way your ears think it should sound. Rooting them on, them looking into the bleachers and seeing a parent, a grandparent, a loved one, even if they're, they're not the best player on the field, seeing you and, and then seeing and knowing that you don't just love them here, but you love them in every aspect of their life. All of us have been gifted with the opportunity. The Bible even says that children are the crown of grandparents, right? We, we, God said that if we, if we want to know what the kingdom of God is like, Look at the children. He said, look how they come to me. So much of, uh, of, uh, of God's instruction and his teaching come through the behavior, the, the attitude, the, the, the way that children uh, perceive, understand, uh, and experience the world. And so we can learn so much from them. But what we must decide not to do is to sit down until we see their full potential. Let's say a word of prayer. Season with soul, with soul with soul, with